This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. doing tonight? Sounds good? Cool, cool, cool. Everybody's in a really good mood. Love to see it. How's school going? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Cool. Sounds like you. Thumbs up. Right here. Good, Isaiah? Good. Good. John, that's good to hear. My school's going really well, too. Nowhere. I've already done that. I'm not doing it again, ever again. So here is, here's something that I think we all can relate to just a little bit, maybe. Maybe not, but I think we can. Do you guys have maybe that one friend or family member or someone that you want to be close to, but you're not close to. Like someone who's like your favorite person on the planet. You love it when you're around them. It's so fun when you guys are together. But for whatever reason, it's like you just rarely ever see them in person. Just never. It's like, eh, maybe once a year, here and there, this family gathering or this. Or I s- this friend lives across the country, so I never get to see him. For me, it's not right now necessarily. I have family in Ohio and that kind of thing, but we're not super close. But for me, it was when I was in college, and it was long-distance dating with my girlfriend. It was like, yeah, yeah, this is serious stuff. No, I I was always missing her and felt like we never got to see each other because I was at school all the time. And when I did come in town, it was for just a few, like a day, basically, because I had to turn back around and get back to school. And I was working at a church at the time, so I was really busy as well. So it was like no free time for me. So I never really got to see her, and she was my favorite person to be around, like my best friend. And 
hardly ever saw her, like I said, because I was across the state. We're both in school. She's busy. I'm busy. We don't really get to see each other. But isn't it, isn't it kind of true that being far away makes any relationship like more challenging, right? It's a little more difficult when you're far away. Maybe, maybe one of you guys have had a long-distance dating relationship, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Does anybody have any long-distance dating relationships in their past? Just me? Ellie? Oh, yeah, I remember. I don't even know where Ellie's at right now. Yeah, the Florida guy. <laughs> he was convinced they were going to get married. So maybe you haven't had a long-distance dating relationship before. Maybe you have a family member that you really want to see and you feel like you never, there's Ellie, you never get to see them. But because I couldn't physically be in the same place as Shelby at the time, there are different things that we did to, like, keep in touch with each other, right? Like, we would text and FaceTime. We did Snapchat, or we'd send each other funny TikToks just so we'd make each other laugh. Like, you get the idea. Even though, even though we didn't see each other in person very much, it doesn't mean that the relationship has to go away. Like, the relationship doesn't have to end just because you're not next to each other all the time. It does, however, mean that we have to be a lot more intentional, right? We have to be more intentional about, about taking time to connect with people because it's not just going to happen on accident. Like, we weren't just going to run into each other at Walmart or in line at McDonald's because we, we were so far away from each other. Like we had to make a habit of connecting so the relationship didn't suffer. And for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about this, this same idea, right, but with when it comes to God, like our relationship with God. When we make certain things a habit, it makes it, makes it easier to connect with him when we have these habits that are in place in our life. And as a result, it helps us get to know him better. And one of the habits that we can practice to, to know God better, to actually get to know him on a different level, is talking about him to other people. Like talking about God with your friends and your family. Like when we talk about him and what he means to our lives, to our everyday lives, it makes it easier for us to connect with him. And you may be thinking, like, that doesn't really make sense. Like, why does talking about him help us to connect with him? And that actually sounds like maybe a little too easy to get to connect with God. All I do is have to talk about him. If that's the case, like, why don't more people do it, right? But I think when it really comes down to it, the idea of talking about God, talking about our faith and our relationship with God, makes us all a little bit nervous, right? Like we immediately have these questions. Like first question, what if what if we don't know what to say when we try and talk about God? What if we just don't know what to say? Like when we have a conversation with somebody, especially with someone who isn't familiar with God, right? Maybe they don't understand what it means to follow God. In the subject of faith, it comes up. It's hard to know what we should say. Like, what are we supposed to talk about? How do we explain this to them? How do we make it seem like a natural part of the conversation and not 
completely awkward, like it feels most of the time. Second question, what if, what if we sound stupid? What if someone asks us what we believe about some crazy controversial subject in the Bible or about the Christian faith, right? And what if we fumble our way through it or our explanation of our viewpoint, which, if I'm being honest, has happened to me a lot. It's not easy to try to explain something that you may not understand. The bottom line is nobody wants to make an idiot of themselves. So sometimes we just refrain from talking about it at all, right? Third question is, what if, what if we don't know enough about what we believe? For some of us, we realize that our beliefs, they could change. And if that's the case, how can we be secure enough to even believe them and talk about them right now? For some of us, we may not even be sure what we believe. There might be some people in this room who have no idea what they believe. In fact, some of you are probably thinking, you think we should talk about our faith, but I'm not even really sure if I have faith. I'm not even sure if I have faith, so what's the point? And if that's you, that's okay. Like, we get that. We understand that here, and you're still in the right place tonight. And the fourth question is, what if we offend someone? It's no secret at all that faith can sometimes be a heated subject with other people. Like, any search on a controversial religious topic reveals just how angry people can get. Like, people get really heated about this stuff. So you're thinking, like, what if someone disagrees with what I say? What if I disagree with them? Like, I think they're completely wrong. The idea of us, you know, admitting that we're Jesus followers can cause fear and insecurity because we don't want to find ourselves in this crazy, heated debate with someone because it's not, it's not what the point was. So sometimes we just don't talk about it at all, right? Because we ask ourselves these questions and the answers all seem the same, and it seems pointless for us to even talk about it. And that's just kind of the beginning of it all, right? Like, those are just a few questions that we ask. Chances are you probably have questions that I haven't even thought of, questions that I've never even asked myself. The thing is, the ideas that we rehearse in our heads have the power to kind of create our reality. And this means that we can spend so much time being afraid of offending someone that when the time comes, we still end up saying something completely offensive. Like when it comes to talking about God, the last thing we want to do is prepare ourselves for failure. You don't want to just only think about the failure that could happen in a conversation. So tonight, that's kind of what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how we can have conversations about our faith and what we believe in a healthy way that doesn't cause arguments or offend anyone, and also in a way that doesn't make you feel completely awkward. So there was a guy named Peter who was one of Jesus' followers, and it was one of his very closest friends. And he wrote a couple of letters to some of the earliest Jesus followers in different parts of the Roman Empire. So while it was tempting it's, it's really tempting for us, right, to believe that talking about God is really tricky. And it's maybe only tricky for us here in modern times because Jesus isn't around. But the truth is that these, these Christians during Jesus' time, 
experienced it firsthand. Because after all, Jesus was the way, he was someone who changed everything, changed how everybody was thinking about the Christian faith. He changed the way everybody saw God. So this was all new information for everybody that they were hearing from Jesus and from Peter and his disciples. And secondly, they lived in the Roman Empire. And if you don't know anything about the Roman Empire, this was a place that if you said the wrong thing, you could be killed. Like it wasn't just a, if you say the wrong thing, you might get into an argument or you might make somebody upset or you might feel stupid. Like if you said the wrong thing to someone that disagreed with it, you could be put to death during this time. So this idea of talking about God wasn't an easy idea for them to accept. And despite that, Peter addresses the topic anyways. He says, I'm going to talk about God. I'm going to talk about Jesus. And I'm going to talk about my faith. And here's what he said. He said, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. So the words always be prepared in that verse are really, really important. Because Peter tended to be the kind of guy who flew by the seat of his pants. Like he acted impulsively sometimes. But when it came to conversations about really big stuff, about Jesus, Peter had learned that it mattered to be prepared, not to just try to wing it. So that's what he told people that he wrote to. He said, be prepared. Don't miss the opportunity to share Jesus when it comes. But how do we, how do, we do that? How do we get prepared, right? Well, the same way that you get ready for a big game or you're going to do a TikTok dance and you're going to post it or you have a big speech or something. We all do the same thing. You practice. You have to practice. And Peter is challenging us to practice talking about God. He wants us to make a habit out of us talking about Jesus, about talking about our faith. So let's say you have a friend or a classmate or a teammate, or a bandmate, you, you name it, whoever, who asks you the reason why you believe what you believe, right? Maybe you've already had that happen to you. Someone said, why do you believe that? Peter's basically saying, you need to be ready to talk in that moment. When someone asks you why you believe what you believe, we have to be ready. We can't just say, I don't know. Now, before you get really nervous, right, break into sweats. We have, to, we have to clear some things up. Peter, when Peter says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone, he's not saying that you have to become a preacher or you have to understand 100% of the Bible or you have to be able to explain really difficult topics all the time, every time. That's not at all what he's saying. None of those are the point of what Peter is trying to tell us. Instead, he tells us that we should be prepared to give an answer about for the hope that you have, the hope that you have. Peter is referring to what he did in situations where people question his reason for following Jesus, right? When people ask him, why are you following Jesus so closely? Why are you listening to his teaching? Why do you respect him so much? What he did was share his story. He shared his story and his understanding of Jesus. He didn't ask people to become experts 
preachers or speakers or some crazy theologian that knows everything about the Bible. That's not at all what he was asking. He told them exactly what he's telling you and me today. You just have to be you. Just be you. Share the hope that you have. Share your experience with God. And hopefully that's something that can help you relax a little bit. It still is a little bit nerve-wracking. But honestly, you and I have had a lot of practice about talking about our experiences. Because we do it all the time and we don't even realize it. We'll tell anyone who will listen why a certain restaurant is better than another. Tell them why you like this Netflix series more than this one. You share about your favorite video games or apps on your phone that you love. Or you give five reasons why dogs are better than cats to anyone who thinks different. Like we do it all the time, and we're so open to share our feelings and why we feel a certain way about so many different things. We talk about the things that we love and the experiences that we have all the time. But there's, there's just something about talking about God that makes it different. But what if, what if talking about God and what if this whole idea wasn't intended to be more awkward and more frightening than talking about other things? It was supposed to be just as comfortable as everything else. What if it was just supposed to be like you being yourself, just talking about why you believe what you believe based on your experiences? See, when you share about your experiences with God, it gives other people hope. It gives the people around you hope. It lets them know that God is real to you, that he's working in the life of someone that they actually know, not just hearing about it from a preacher or not just reading about it, from someone that's their friend. They get to know that he's not distant and that he doesn't just show up in the lives of Christians who seem to have it all together. You don't have to be perfect. And that lets people know that they can have that God too. It lets others know that God is for you and for them all the time. So whether, whether you're someone who finds yourself unsure of what to say, or if you feel like you know exactly what to say about God, you have to remember this. Like, talking about God helps us to know Him better. Helps us know Him better. And that something is what you have experienced, felt enjoyed or benefited from in your own your own personal faith you share your reason for the hope that you have not the reason that somebody else has not the reason that you heard is the right reason you share the reason for why you have hope in who God is because you never know how that hope will impact the people around you because other people are dealing with difficulties in their life that may be similar to yours and Peter concludes his verse by saying, but do this with gentleness and respect. So he's telling us to share about our hope, the hope that we have, but to do it with gentleness and respect. And this isn't just an afterthought that he threw on at the end. Like, it's really important that we do this. Because when you think about how conversations usually go when it comes to religion and faith, Gentleness and respect aren't usually the words that we tend to use when we describe that. It's usually angry 
definitive, like just coming at people for no reason. And oftentimes, that makes people feel the exact opposite about who God is when we respond that way. So how do we talk about our faith with gentleness and respect? Well, you don't talk about it just to start an argument. You don't bring up God just so you can make somebody angry. You don't talk about it to shame or judge someone for what they believe. You don't talk about it because you're convinced that you're right and everyone who believes differently is just stupid. See, if that's our mindset, it's not going to bring anyone closer to God. They're not going to see the hope that you have in God. We have to share our story in a gentle and respectful way. See, when you share what's real for you, it makes it more real to other people too. It makes the conversation seem more authentic because you're talking about your experiences. People can see through all the rehearsed, like, church talk. They can see through the stuff that you read online and you're just saying it to try and prove a point. They can tell when you're just saying something that your student pastor told you or that you heard from a small group leader and you're, not, and you're just rattling off a list in an attempt to force someone to believe what you believe. People see right through it. But when you share out of your own heart and your own experience with God, you come across as a real person who's had a real encounter with Jesus. And those are the type of people that bring other people closer to God. Like just think about the things that you love to talk about. Just for a second. Think about what you love to talk about anytime you have the opportunity. Chances are that you talk about those things because you're passionate about them. You care about them. You think they're awesome. But also in the process of talking about them, you become even more passionate about them. The more you talk about it, the more passionate you become about that thing. Whether it's fashion, whether it's your favorite musical artist, your favorite football team, video games, fishing, the person you're dating. You talk about what you care about. Like, that's just how it works. We usually talk about what we care about. You aren't really trying to. It's not necessarily something that you have pre-thought that you're going to talk about in that conversation. It's just a natural habit we form. And in the proce process of talking about it, then you care more about it. You don't have to know everything about it to talk about it, right? Like we don't know everything about all the things that we talk about all the time. You just start talking about it. And I think the, tr the, the same is true when it comes to talking about God and our relationship with God. Like as you talk about God more, as you talk about him more, you're going to discover that you get to know him better, that you feel closer to him. You're more passionate about what he's passionate about. And that's what, that's what I want you to, that's what I want you to do when it comes to your faith. Like just start talking about it. Don't make it so awkward and scary and feel like you have to have all the right answers. And here are, here are a few steps that can be helpful when it comes to talking about God. And the first one is to speak up in your small group or your group of friends or in conversations with your family, right, with trusted people that you care about and care about you. 
These are all great opportunities with people to talk about God and share your faith. And as you share, you never know if someone else in your small group or someone else in your friend group will be able to relate to what you have to say. Maybe you guys have gone through the same thing or you've had the same questions or the same thoughts about the same subject. In that way, your sharing is going to help other people grow too. Being able to speak up and just talk about how we feel can cause other people to grow along with, along with us. And don't, and don't forget that having questions, having doubts, not fully understanding about, you know, about a faith that you're a part of, that's part of the experience. Like, just having a question or having a doubt isn't wrong. Those questions and doubts probably relate to somebody else in the room as well. Like, you don't need to only talk about your faith in this everything is perfect kind of way. Because if we act like everything is perfect, we're lying. Because everything isn't perfect in our lives. And sometimes we have doubts. Sometimes we don't know what we believe. Sometimes we have questions that feel like they never get answered. And that's okay to share with other people. We don't have to hide that. That's what being authentic and genuine is about. Sometimes it's really good for others to hear that, that things aren't perfect for you in your life. It gives them permission to share their own struggles. They don't feel intimidated by you or scared that you're going to judge them for their struggles. Because they know that you're real and you have them too. You guys can search for answers together. And as you do that, I believe that you'll learn more about God and learn about God in a whole new way, in a way that you may have never before. It's important to know that like, you don't have to have it all figured out to talk about it. You don't have to have every answer. And the second tip is to think about your story. Think about why you believe what you believe. What is it that makes you believe what you believe? Or why you don't believe? Think about your, your personal experience on your faith journey. Not someone else's, not what you heard. What does your faith journey look like? And think about your story. Either write it, type it, say it out loud, get it out of just your head so it's something that you can talk about and you're used to talking about. You're comfortable talking about it. It's not the first time that, that you ever say it and someone asks you, hey, why do you believe what you believe? Like, keep this in mind, though. Your story, it doesn't just have to be things that have affected you. It can also be things that have affected people around you. Like, if your mom is a single mom, right, and she says, the only way that I survived was God. That's part of your faith story, too, because it's your mom. The people who are around you are a key part of your story. So you can feel free to write down the ways that God has impacted the people around you's lives, too. Any, any example that can be used that shows why you believe what you believe is perfect for this idea. And thirdly, you can fill in these blanks. If you don't know where to start, you can just try this really simple formula. 
really simple formula to get started. It's just I was, but God, and now. And I'll explain this just a little bit. Think about what was happening in your life before you invited God to be a part of like your daily choices, before you really became someone who you would consider a believer in Christ. It could sound like something like, I was tempted to lie about my actions, or I was insecure about my appearance. Then think about what God did for you and fill in the but God blank. It could sound like, but God made promises that allowed my true self to be who he designed me to be. And then fill in the and now with something like, and now I live with more confidence. It's an easy way to explain why you believe what you believe or why something has changed in your life. Like you don't have to share your experience like everything worked out perfectly, like it was never in a bad place. You just have to tell your story with all of its twists, all of its turns, without the pressure of making it sound all happy. That's not a requirement. It's not what Peter was asking. It's not what Jesus asked us to do. He told us to be real and to be genuine and to say how we found our hope. So as you, as you make it a habit to talk about, you know, the reason why you believe what you believe, imagine if not only, like, you stretch, imagine that if it just didn't stretch your faith. Like, talking about God didn't just stretch your faith but it also helped the faith of the people around you. Whether you're talking to people who believe what you believe or they disagree with it, what if you just sharing about your experiences with God brought one person closer to him, made somebody else realize that he could be their hope too? See, talking about God will help you to get to know him better, but it also is going to help the people around you get to know him better and maybe get to know him for the first time. So as you share, as you hear others share, and as you make a habit of doing both of these things, you're going to find yourself knowing God better. And you don't have to know everything to share something. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the people in this room that we get to gather together learn more about you, to be together with people who care about us and believe the same things, Lord. I pray that each person in this room will feel the confidence to be able to share their story, that they wouldn't feel the pressure of trying to be perfect, of having a story that has valleys in it. I pray that you would give them confidence to share what their hope is in you, that they take the time to think about why they believe what they believe so they can share it with other people around them when they ask, and that they would be able to bring other people closer to you. I pray that no matter how the days go forward, the weeks, how busy we feel, or how awkward it feels to share that we'd feel that, that little nudge from you to bring other people to you and to share with them how we got to where we are today. It's in your name that we pray.